last time on Dice Funk. But when he handed me that orb, it's hard to explain. I felt something, some kind of truth. I just don't want them thinking that I've not shown up because I don't care. Hello, your justice-ness, ma'am. Your honor? Your honor, ma'am. That is an admission of guilt. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? That entity, in turn, led to the death of those police officers. You can go on MewTube and look up <laughs> the video Subway Badasses, blah, 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 whatever the video was called. OBJECTION! <laughs> and the doors kick open, and Katarina's there. The most powerful proof of your innocence would be taking this malefactor into custody. I'm gonna kill Justice Alistair, and if I do, you're never gonna see your kids again. And I'm sorry about that. Frank pulls the trigger. So when Frank pulls the trigger, I'm going to use deflect missiles. Uh, Frank is going to use his um, his uh, protection power and deflect it again. Since I'm right next to them, can I use my magnetic power to direct it back to Katarina? But it catches her arm and blows it clean off. I'm going to use Misty Step to step over to Reese, and I'm just she's a rat, so I'm going to grab her. The last clink of a pulled pin on a grenade. Use Martis's hand to brought to reach out. Grab the grenade itself, if he can, and wrestle it out of Katarina's hands while holding it as close as he can. Victory. At all costs. Everything's synchronized. It's just Splinter's head is too large. That's the only problem here. Impossible. Never too big. The biggest rat. It's bigger than the actual dimensions of the map itself. The biggest rat. <laughs> Good. It's bigger than the map itself. Sketch, An absolute unit. Sketch. The biggest rat. I'm not even sure what that's supposed to mean in this context. Just, just, the, just the biggest. The biggest the rat. Biggest the rat, biggest rat. Sketch. Was all start chanting about it. <laughs> the biggest rat. The biggest, biggest rat. Biggest rat. Biggest rat. Biggest rat. All right. So last episode, some stuff happened. I don't know if you guys noticed or remember. Uh, the the audience weren't, you know, too shocked by what happened. No one, no one was losing their 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 mind over it. Certainly no cliffhangers. So I often say that Dungeons and Dragons is a game about trust, and what I mean by that is that I trust my players to not de uh, deliberately destroy the story we're telling, and they trust me not to just kill their characters randomly, stuff like that. But also, because this is a podcast, it means there's uh, some trust with the audience that we are now uh, asking for, because a lot of stuff happened, and a lot more stuff is going to happen. So, I'm just going to put that out there. Are you... I, is this not the bit where you tell us that this episode is just we all died in the grenade explosion and the season's over? How mad do you think people would be? <laughs> pretty mad. mad. I mean, I'd be I'd be pretty mad if that was I'd the case. I'd be pretty stoked. I mean, that's that's avant-garde. I love that kind of storytelling. No one else does yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's very like uh, what was that 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 mafia show that ended like mid-sentence in the Sopranos. Yeah, Sopranos. It's very Sopranos. Well, Sopranos at least got to the end. This was just saying, like, halfway through, it's like, oh, everyone just died. Hey, if we're gonna die, at least we'll make it be when we did the coolest shit. 
<laughs> See, that's what D&D is about. It's about carrying across a story that no one else would ever do or can't do. And no one else would do this because it is fiscally, uh, <laughs> creatively, uh, morally bankrupt all the way through. <laughs> that's the thing about avant-garde art is there's usually a reason people don't do things that way. <laughs> um, so, last episode, there was a showdown at the Supreme Court. Katarina showed up during testimony. There was a dramatic showdown. Everyone used their conduit powers in a JoJo-esque showdown of, ah, but actually, I'm going to. And then it just went on like that until people started losing arms. Grenades started going off in small rooms. It was quite a thing. Oops. Oops. So the, the last shot of that episode was Mardis, his ghostly mage hands uh, energized with haste, flying off with the grenade. The grenade goes off and then cut to black. That's fun. I mean, you know, I, 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 it's obvious what happened then, right? You know, I mean. And then we all got ice cream. <laughs> my, I got my favorite, which is Rocky Road, you know. And uh, and Lenora got her favorite ice cream flavor, which is of course uh, uh, Lauren filling the gap there. Fish food. There you go. Fuck, that's a good joke. It also is literally just my favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor. Mm-hmm. So who's the cat now, dog? Yep. So that's what happens. You guys go get ice cream, and then there's no other plot events. Uh huh. All right, season five. Let's do it. No. So uh, after the grenade went off in the courtroom, cut to black. Um, maybe a shot of smoke billowing out of a uh, hole in the Supreme Court, uh, sirens in the distance, and then title card. Three weeks later. Can you say it in the SpongeBob voice? Can you say it in the SpongeBob voice? Three weeks later. That's the best I can do. <laughs> Three weeks later. His is better. <laughs> it's not a contest, children. But if it was sketch one. <laughs> hey, I had the idea. I didn't say that I won. I'm just saying. Savaged. You do it now, Austin. No, I don't want to get owned. Yeah, so I thought. I get owned so frequently on the show. All right. So we're actually going to skip ahead. Time skip. One of my favorite fictional devices. So Lenora Desmond, Renee Eddy, Frank Westerly, and Reese Hickenbottom are sitting in a room. You guys all have, there's four chairs on this side of the, the big desk in this room. You guys are sit, sitting waiting for Justice Alistair, whose big chair is empty on the other side of the desk. Um, it's been three weeks since the grenade went off in the Supreme Court, and your combined efforts saved the lives of pretty much everyone there. Um, I don't want to establish yet what exactly the, the carnage toll was, but... Well, we'll see how the scene plays out. You guys haven't seen each other in three weeks. You got there was people went to the hospital with like wounds and you had a lot of paperwork to do and you were interrogated a lot. Stuff has been going on. So this is the first time you guys have met up since the event. Awkward silence. Yeah. Love it. Always awkward knowing how to start a conversation like this after uh, after a big thing goes down, huh? Sup. Hopefully, hopefully. Y'all didn't have to spend too long in the hospitals after that. Uh. Sorry, I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to do much to well mitigate the damage. It, it, it's it's good. We're all uh, we're all back here. That's the that's the main thing. You uh, 
you 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 did good. Um. Uh, one thing I'll note out of character, or well, uh, out of uh, Ed's voice is the fact that the uh, mage hands that are Martis are basically just like more persistently just visible, as he seems, uh, as Ed seems more apt to just not hide the fact that they exist now. So they're just sort of like idly resting like on the table for the time being or whatever nearby while the conversation's happening. I'm 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 just gonna I'm just gonna say this because this is you know, elephant in the room a little bit. I'm definitely not feeling as sunshine and rainbows as I thought well, as as one would hope <laughs> you'd feel. Everything just feels a bit weird right now. No, this definitely sucks balls. I I don't think I've ever before <laughs> I don't think I've ever achieved something and felt like done the thing I meant to do and like walked away still feeling so whatever this is. Who's having a giggle over there? I was having a giggle. Were you having a giggle because someone said about about <laughs> something sucks balls and then I said I said something about um I I don't think I've I have or something like that. It was the whole thing. It's just a lot. Uh, I'll make it canon. Frank has sucked some balls. There you go, Austin. Are you happy? I did. I don't know what signals you thought I was getting off. Now. Sorry, you, 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 can't, you can't take it back. Okay, you can't take unless you cut it out of the recording. Um, Ed is. Um, I'm assuming that Reese is very quiet. Yeah, she's not saying too much right now. Ed is not quite ready to just sort of ask her directly about her feelings on the matter because, well. Still, probably a bit heavy for her. Let's hope that this is the end of our misadventures and that we definitely <laughs> don't have another 10, 15, 20 episodes of uh, d- installments in our lives of this. To that's quite a comment you had there. A very specific number of episodes. I'm, I'm not sure what you might be referencing there. I don't get this episode metaphor. I'm, I'm going off of the pacing of the, uh, the, the, uh, holodeck anime. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we get a nice, uh, mid-season finale if this were an anime and that, look, you know, this, it, this, it, show doesn't keep going. You know, if, if we're talking about anime metaphors. You're all going to jail. <laughs> You're going to jail! Sweet! Uh, jailbreak! Jailbreak! Alright, uh, so, the only thing of note that happens probably from Ed's standpoint is at one point, um, the mage hands kind of float over to Ed, reaches into one of his pockets and pulls out like a small notepad and pencil to just jot things down a little on the side. All right. So uh, Reese doesn't get any conversation. She doesn't say anything right now. Now. Okay. Lenore's going to turn to Reese and be like, hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Do you want to talk about it? We can get brunch or something i don't know no i mean it's already over it's not really much to talk about i'm sorry okay brunch <laughs> yeah, i'm not kind of as easily motivated by, by by food but but thanks okay i've not really had a chance to say to you reese but i'm sorry about how everything panned out i I promise you I didn't want any of that to pan out that way. Okay. Awkward. (laughs) All right. So the doors open and Justice Alistair walks in. uh, A gavel in both hands, obviously. (laughs) That's her style. 
Two gavel fighting style. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Dual wielding. Th- that means she gets to use her um, her wisdom modifier <laughs> on offhand adjudicating uh, checks, you know? So if she had fought Katarina, would she have fought with her gavels? Probably, yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> also, she probably has a third one she can wield with her tail, so watch out. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's going to do it with her mouth and she beats Zoro from One Piece. <laughs> Love a good tail. And she judges with her heart. <laughs> that part is true um so alistar walks into the room and says all right so uh, my accent's going to change every week and we just need to be comfortable with that (laughs) wouldn't be the first time we had to deal with rapidly changing accents so Mm -hmm. don't worry about that all right um if if you'll take a look at your apps on your phones for the administrative branch you will see that the plea bargain has been sent over uh give it a give it a read through and uh if you agree to it this this arduous process will be over read me that fine print dog um she actually sits down at her desk and like takes off the the barrister's wig <laughs> like she's like kind of does winding. she have crocodile hair or is she just a head I think she's just a crocodile noggin Okay. Well, she, uh, paint me your vision of this crocodile. I don't hair. know. I want it to be like a sassy bob or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say it's an option. Fan artist, do your thing. Nice. Uh, she walks you through the fine print of this plea bargain that you guys have struck. All, uh, your names have been cleared for all the crimes, uh, if you all agree to this. Mm-hmm. The, what you're gr- agreeing to specifically is that. All the murders were Katarina, mm-hmm. and that actually you guys were part of a Crown Corporation group of like secret agent people, because that's what the the video they're trying to spin this as like, oh, you guys were secretly good the whole time, and this is part of like a undercover thing, and you stopped the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So they're spinning it that you guys are actually there's you are the Crown Corporation sponsored superhero team who took down a terrorist, and they want to take credit for that. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Never have I been less amped about being part of a cool superhero team. Just Salsar says, there are five seats empty on the board now. That's half of the Valentine economy that is up for grabs right now. I don't know if you can really appreciate that. 50% of all the money in this entire country can be claimed by whichever branch gets the edge in the coming months. So you guys are a critical piece of our PR campaign here at, at administration. Isn't there a wrestler named the edge? The edge is a wrestler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Cause that's what I heard. Ed's going to ask, um, are there going to be plans for what we are going to do with respect to those empty positions? Are we going to be asked to do stuff with respect to keeping certain individuals from taking over those seats prematurely before the proper processes have gone through. Justice Alistar explains, I'm just going to say this in Austin voice because it would take too long to do it in uh, humorous crocodile voice. Sure. Uh, that normally when there's an empty seat, whoever makes the most money in that sector will get promoted to the seat. That's what happened with Memphis Court of Arrow. Even though they didn't like him, his just his nightclubs and so forth were so lucrative that he became the new hospitality uh, head. Um, but right now, there's it's such a massive gaping power vacuum because of Katarina that the ordinary practices won't really work because there's just going to be like a massive power struggle 
um, almost like a like a war, basically, so for so so much power that they the administrative branch is basically going to use you guys as part of their PR campaign to um, grab as much power as they can. Alistar says like. I don't know if we're going to keep the name Team Loser. It's kind of derisive, although it, some people have, have become endeared to it. But basically, we'll call you out to shake hands, cut ribbons, get cats out of trees. I don't know, whatever things you can do to make us look good. Administration is in a weird place because most of our profits are from pretty mandatory things. Like administration covers water, utilities, internet, phones, courts, things that you just kind of need. So everyone has to pay them. So it's hard to increase your profits because you can jack up prices. But, you know, at, at a certain point, all you're going to do is generate riots. So it's hard for administration to get additional profits. So this is like their big attempt to, like, do something, put a put a face to their brand, as it were. Hmm. I'm assuming this is yet another ground position with uh, no exit strategy. There is th- this is not a position we can, you know, Make this a six-month contract and then be off? No. No. <laughs> no. no. I, didn't think so. Not only that, but also there's a there's a morality clause. So if you do anything to embarrass Crown, you will you will retroactively terminate your plea agreement. So. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. All is included on this quote-unquote morality clause. I think it's more of a matter of doing things that are specifically embarrassing or incriminating on the administrative side. Personal indulgences, for the most part, shouldn't be problematic. If you're doing drugs, don't don't do the drugs when the crowd are looking. Yeah, just don't embarrass your boss. (laughs) Love to embarrass my boss. So uh, I I have a a quick question. Um, So are we still allowed to like do what we want when we're not doing the, the, the you know the cat stuff and the the ribbons uh you actually gave her pause because you said the cat stuff which is <laughs> has other implications in this world mm-hmm. um just as alistar says y- you can do whatever you want with your free time just when when the big phone buzzes you have to get in the car okay do we have like a red like hotline uh well, well let's download the app and it'll turn your phone into a big red buzzer. Team team loser. As much as there are problems with this, this at least sounds like a step up from where we were like three weeks ago. Agreed. I think we sign. I don't think we really have much choice right now. Ed nod, and there's even like a thumbs up from the mage hand next to him. Does anybody have any questions? This is a good time for questions about the state of the world after everything has happened. What's public, like, opinion on things like? We're still doing focus testing, but as long as you don't do anything to embarrass yourselves, it should be a successful campaign. I don't think we're going to take all of the empty seats, but as long as we get something. So, um, the the way it was kind of described to me... Was that because of all the actions and because of the lack of a next of kin, they were just going to take Katarina's body and cremate it and there'd be no funeral or grave. I just, is that right? 
just just as a fun heads up to the audience, the rest of us on the show, we 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 do this is this is a Chris Austin thing. We we don't know about none of this. Alistair says, as you've been told multiple times, the medical records are sealed, so I'm afraid I can't tell you any more than that, but it's been taken care of. Okay. Sorry, sorry to ask. Awkward. <laughs> Tiny gavel. Gavel, gavel, gavel. Gavel, 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 gavel. <laughs> <laughs> Respectful uh, morning gavel. Ah, uh, okay. All <laughs> her gravels wore black. Is is gavel her first language? That is, is that racist? I don't know. Uh, well, how? <laughs> to law folk. Racist. It's racist against law folk. Listen, I know you, Austin, and you certainly speak in gavels. Mm-hmm. I'm always gaveling. Always be gaveling. Mm-hmm. ABG. Um. So you guys also noticed that part of the plea agreement is that you all are employees of the administrative branch. Um, before this started, I was 99.9% sure you guys would end up with Memphis Cordovero <laughs> by the end of this campaign. I, I have no idea how we got here. But um, of note is that you guys all are getting paid for this. So your money troubles are basically over. Yes. Ah. Um. So the quarter rounds taken care of. Frank's family's taken care of. In the same way, like if you guys had actually extracted Nucky from the military base, you would have gotten a bunch of money like that wasn't a trick it just didn't work out it's nice to have a head of crown that's actually paying us in money (laughs) well about that ah must a catch yeah there always are catches aren't there um so you guys are getting paid in gold the currency used in the prime material plane Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you guys are getting paid in scrip do you know what scrip is this isn't a sci-fi fantasy thing this is a real economic thing (laughs) What is it? Is it like those fucking like gift cards you can only use for the place that you work at? So like in coal towns and other places where they had sort of like a non-official but still legal internal currency system, that's what a script is. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I did not know that before. So it's like so it's like a so think of it as like a form of credit that is only legal within Valentine. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you both were kind of right. It is kind of like just uh, crown bucks, the only redeemable at the crown stores. This is a real thing that happens or happened, not so much anymore because it's illegal pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but in order to keep you from going somewhere else, from from taking your talents to someone who will pay you better, perhaps more fairly, uh, they they keep you in the ecosystem by only giving you things that keep you uh, loyal is the word they would use. No, no just being like, no running away from Crown, no overthrowing Crown, because suddenly our money is worth nothing if we do. Yeah, I mean, you can't just pack up and move somewhere else. You don't have any money to move. You can't train new skills because no one will accept your Crown bucks or, you know, this is the actual real thing that happened, so. That's fun. Well, it's better than the, the not paid that we were before. I- I'm just glad that Ed was able to get um Kundi some some money that wasn't in script on the side for for that sort of money trouble there. Yep, the uh, the quarter round is doing fine. Frank's family's taken care of. Lenora's parents are taken care of. Reese, I assume, is if not fired from the bank. Um, oh, it's it has, she has to be gone at this point. All all of her involvement was due to something that is grounds for immediate termination at any kind of like 
administrative building. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any sort of like, yeah, credible organizations like, nope, you're gone. Yeah, Chris has worked for the government before. Uh, he probably knows what happens if you engage in terrorism. <laughs> I literally worked with a coworker who did basically this exact same thing and she was fired immediately. <laughs> like, on, like on the spot fired. For helping someone murder five people in the organization? <laughs> well, for helping, much. for helping someone by looking up and providing pr- personal information from records. Ah, man, this season is so fucking ripped from the headlines. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Any other questions? How much are we getting paid? <laughs> uh, it's not fa- North Valentine money, but for South Valentine, it's pretty nice. It wouldn't do to have you walk around in rags in front of cameras. We we can Fair. we can be the nicest dressed people in the in the in the not nice part of town. Nora already was. Bam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Gavel. 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 Whoa. 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 What did you say about my manufacturer? That is that is some crass stuff there. <laughs> Gavel, 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 gavel to you too, madam. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys leave. What do you do? I don't know why I said it like that. That was weird. Mm-hmm. What do you guys do in your downtime between being officially cleared to go back to public life and whatever happens next on this adventure? I, I know what Frank's going to do. Level up? Frank's going to level up and then you go go see his kids. Nice. Which has been built up for to for goodness knows how long. So uh, what what are we at now? Level eight. Yes. For Frank's level up, um, he's now got an additional plus two to intelligence, bringing that up to twenty. Um, he gets another level four spell slot, uh, four extra HP, and two new spells, which are locate creature and life transference, which are which are some spells that he now knows. Sure are. Yeah, though those those are going to be so helpful in his new quiet life of of doing PR moves. I don't even know why I gave him two new spells. <laughs> it's not even going to need him. <laughs> you don't need life transference to get a cat out of a tree. Frank just decides not to take any more spells because he doesn't. He's not going to fight anymore. So yeah, exactly. So with the with the level up out the way, um, now that his name is cleared of of the criminal charges and that the money stuff is sorted he's hoping that he can go and see his kids all right so what are you gonna do i don't know why i keep keep, that's my voice today is like step up contestants (laughs) come on come on down it's time to play see if your family still will accept you (laughs) win fabulous prizes fabulous prizes like not being rejected (laughs) so there was a little bit of like openness left from from alexander last last episode in the the sort of like you can't see any of us until this stuff is all sorted so frank is just gonna drop alexander a message and just be like hey I'm cleared of all charges. Like I have, I have a you know a job that's not card games. Um, you know, money stuff's out of the way. Like I, I got the stuff that was going on cleared. Um, I don't know where we're at, but would it be okay if you know with supervision I came and saw the kids? I don't even have to answer that in character. It's your downtime scene. What do you want to do? Yeah, Frank. Frank, go go see his kids. Um, 
I'm I'm assuming probably with Alexander around. <laughs> take take your kids to the fair. He's on the Ferris wheel with binoculars <laughs> watching you. <laughs> so yeah, I I think I think that like Frank Frank takes his like kids to the park or something like something that's not like over, over the top, but like you know quiet and just wants to go go spend some time with them. Low key, I think the 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 sort of background to this is Frank is aware that he's definitely not out of all of this yet, and some stuff that Alexander said last episode kind of kind of got to him about the risk he's putting his kids at. So I think this is a oh uh, let's 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 play at the park and have some fun and catch up, but yeah, this might be the last time for a while. Now, do you think this park is in South Valentine or North Valentine? You, you said before when we when we went to uh, Alexander's place that it was like in the nicer bit of South Valentine. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like nice area of South Val. Okay, so it's like a pretty tasteful park, and you're just gonna walk around and like feed the ducks, or I don't know what is the underground equivalent of ducks? Just like big D and D monsters. <laughs> hey, they they could be underground ducks. Ducks don't need sunlight, do they? <laughs> <laughs> They're not plants. <laughs> Think about it. Ducks don't need sunlight. They don't photosynthesize. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Imagining like duck bats now. I'm I'm in my mind just picturing like all of the most cliched things that like parent and kids can do. So I'm picturing picturing like pl- play catch, um, tell terrible dad jokes at them and make them groan. I don't know. What do I need to roll to tell terrible dad jokes and make my kids groan who've not seen me for ages? Uh, well, we could do some rolls here. Why don't I introduce your kids first? Uh, so your two children are. Uh, let's let's introduce them one at a time. First is Diane Levey Westerly, your daughter, mm-hmm. who is uh, I would say three or four, young enough that you're carrying her through the park. And she is uh, hitting you in the face with her little hands. <laughs> daddy, 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 daddy. And just like putting her fingers in your nose and doing all kinds of obnoxious little child stuff. Got him. That's adorable and perfect. <laughs> and your son, Forrest LeVay Westerly, is uh, maybe 10. He is wearing probably all black uh, bangs. He has his Game Boy and he is being very aloof. I I feel like my my like teenage self is being very called out there. <laughs> I'm calling almost everyone on this show out simultaneously. Yeah. He has a band shirt. Um, he's like, whatever, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's to be expected. Dad's not been around a while, moody kid. Just gonna catch all the Pokemon. Oh, have you uh you you caught any um any uh, <laughs> uh what 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 are they called uh ch- ch- Charistoises. <laughs> Charles stories were last gen, Dad. God. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What's the, what's the, what's the new one this this year? <laughs> Ultra sore. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. way cooler. Back in, back in my day, there were only four hundred South Val Pokemon. Oh. Uh, all around you, there. What did you say, Lauren? Uh, duck bats. <laughs> yes. Okay, so in South Valentine, instead of regular ducks, they have a duck bat hybrids, and they're like, "Scream! Give me the bread!" <laughs> Give him the bread! Oh my god! Scream, bread! Is it my cat? <laughs> yes. So, uh, Forrest, how have uh, school been going? Oh, so you care now? Um, um, oh. 
Well, I, you know, I've been trying to keep up on how 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 you've been doing. I, you know, how's 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 things been going? Fine. Any uh, any any new uh, interests since I last saw you? Anything, anything new you you sort of into at the moment? No. Our. Uh... He pulls out another black hoodie to put on top of the one he's already wearing. <laughs> I know it's been a, been a while since I've been around. I, I promise I've been trying, but is there anything I can do today to make your day any better? Hmm. Is there any way that Frank can buy this child's love? <laughs> <laughs> is that how we want to take it? I, I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, we can't make some sort of charisma check to get across your sincerity. I think probably persuasion is the closest. Uh, that's, that's a nine. You say you're like, Forrest, look, I've been going through, and then (laughs) Diane just pokes you in the eye. (laughs) Daddy! (laughs) Yes, Diane, it is fun to poke (laughs) me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) We have bread, we have bread for the ducks. We do have bread for the ducks. (laughs) 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 Uh, so we sit down with Diane to feed feed the ducks with Forrest being being all emo. Can I buy his love? <laughs> <laughs> what what does he wish from me? Um, I mean, what do all moody teenagers with weird relationships with their parents want? Um, uh, I've trapped you. This entire thing is actually just trying to answer this one question I have about life. <laughs> Hey, shit! I, I I I got stuck there because I'm like, oh, what did teenage me me want from from awkward relationship with father figure? Nah, not gonna an answer from that. No. Yeah, sorry to everyone on this cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to go there. D and D helping us go back in time to solve all our issues. Is is there anything you'd be looking forward to that uh, Dad Two hasn't been uh... a. <laughs> willing to help sort out probably shouldn't be calling him dad too because he's been your primary parent for a little while but yeah that's a baller move he's he's on a rooftop like two blocks away with a telescope like damn you Frank (laughs) yeah is there anything he's uh he uh won't let you do at the moment that uh we could we could do today that'd be uh fun for you fill him full of cookies and Mountain Dew and then send him back that's what my mom used to do with my little brother (laughs) You can't just turn your children into bombs. <laughs> you can indeed. <laughs> That's what my mom did. Uh, uh, so, uh, so it's not like Forrest wants anything in particular for you. He's just mad at you because he doesn't understand what your life is like because that's how being that age is yeah so with with a nine i don't i think it might cheapen it if i'm like well if you just buy him a toy i think he's just like upset i i wasn't expecting it to work but i i feel like frank would at least be like trying to do the yeah that method i i yeah yeah i i get that's one of those things that yeah it it is what it is but i i, I think regardless frank is just happy to know he's okay and see him mm-hmm. so like i think for the rest the rest of this he's he's gonna he's gonna focus like on he's gonna feed the ducks with with diane because diane's into it she tries to put bread in your mouth frank will like pretend to eat it with a nom 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 and then <laughs> throw it to the duck <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you reject. I reject this gift of bread. The, the duck grabs it, flies off to the the roof, the ceiling of South Valentine, and just like hangs from the ceiling. <laughs> Does it have a bunch of little baby ducks following? Yes. Oh my god, that's so cute. They're trying to do their little flaps. Yeah. It's extremely good. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Visionary. Con- considering considering my bad uh, my bad role with with Forest, I'm not entirely sure what else I can I can do here. Yeah, it's, I don't think this is a problem to be solved in one uh, session. I think this is uh, more of like the establishing of their relationship going forward. Yeah. So I, I I think like before this all wraps up, I think Frank maybe tries to have one more chat with Forest and just be like, I really do want to be be around in your life more and. For all the problems that, you know, go on with me and your dad, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I can be around for you guys more than I have been. Thank you for coming out with me today. It it, it meant a lot to me to get to spend some time with you again. Make sure you look after your your, your sister for me. <laughs> she throws bread at him. Good. <laughs> Forest. Bad. Uh, bread. Bread. Bread is soft enough, you can probably throw it back at her, it's alright. <laughs> bread fight! Dip the bread in water, freeze it, and then throw it. It's like, no. No, 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 no. I let you guys start throwing bread at each other, and you summon a swarm of duck bats, and they descend on you. It's like the birds. Birdemic 6. Is that is that cool and gothic enough for, uh, for Forrest to be into it? <laughs> yeah. Wow, Dad, you summoned a horde of bats that pecked at us. Cool. This just reminds me of my favorite album cover for the elephant bone explosion fuck. The blood reckoning. Does your dad know you're listening to that? <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. Alright, so Frank's at level 8 and his family is uh, maybe depressingly realistic. It's, 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 it's fine. He, he, he gotta give his daughter a cuddle, and he at least got to see his, his, his son. Mm-hmm. There's still, there's still a lot of season left. There is indeed. We're, we're gonna work on this. We're gonna, we're gonna do all the family roles. I need, I need my luck, my, my luck. See, season three, I had all this luck with flirting roles for, like, just, like, mm-hmm. You know, date date the barmaid. Try, no good roles to be seen when trying to repair a family connection. <laughs> Quote Laura, why can't I flirt with my family? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who else has level up stuff? Downtime stuff? Stuff. No! <laughs> Ed's, Ed's level up is a little bit interesting. Uh-huh. Um, because he did take a level in either sorcerer or uh or rogue instead he took a level in ranger um for his next level so that means his level spread is six levels in sorcerer one level in rogue one level in ranger you you just love like spread having the characters on all of the things (laughs) i mean this is only the second time i've done it out of three (laughs) in this case though there's a couple of like reasons for it uh, narratively and otherwise, mechanically, I'm trying out the Unearth Arcana Revised Ranger. So, gets a couple of benefits. Um, he gets a new skill training and insight. His weapon and armor proficiency has been expanded to martial weapons, medium armor, and shields. Um, 
He gains the benefits of the favored enemy feature, which is keyed to humanoids, and then he gets the natural explore benefits. Uh, my favorite part of it is that one of the permanent benefits is that he gets to ignore difficult terrain, which I interpret as him just naturally doing parkour whenever there's difficult terrain, because how else would he navigate through it so smoothly if it wasn't parkour? I ask you, Austin. Yeah. So what are you going to do with your newfound freedom? Well, I'm just going to jump over a lot of stuff in public. <laughs> That's just how I roll now. <laughs> but uh, it's but it's also along the lines of being just more adept at um, tracking people or tracking things, being more observant with the insight stuff and otherwise. You know, that's sort of kind of the angle that he was going with for Pick Up Ranger. As for his downtime stuff... Uh, between the money that he secured from Aaron and such for for Cundy, um, while there were damages taken at the quarter round after what happened there due to Archon and those soldiers kind of basically turning the place over to figure out where the heck the Cobalt disappeared off to, um, ultimately it wasn't anything that couldn't be repaired with money, parts, and time to repair machines, kind of put things back in order. And after probably about two weeks or so of being closed for just renovations. They were finally able to reopen the quarter round. Um, and Ed is Ed in part is working there as normal, though the big difference between before and now is that even up until just recently, Ed was doing a lot of things to kind of keep Martis kind of a, a secret in terms of that, Martis was a part of him, and then when the whole uh, conduit of synergy thing was happening, he was kind of trying to be discreet about it. And then um, the stuff of the administrative branch happened, and he was like forced to reveal it more publicly. And as a result, rumors and commentary sort of spread around enough where he's not really afraid of hiding it anymore. So he might be doing things like bartending with Martis's extra hands, helping out gathering uh, drinks and stuff like that are kind of assisting some way. If he's doing repairs or testing of machines, Martis is also helping up doing the same thing or testing a different machine at the same time. If they're up in Ed's room, they might be working on music together or one of them is t uh, t paying attention to Marty while the other one is doing something else. It's sort of, they're being, they're tr effectively trying to get comfortable with acting more like two entities tied to one as opposed to one of them being hidden. The forbidden quadruple pet technique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail about that because it's a secret, so... <laughs> yeah, it's illegal in several countries. Yes. <laughs> countries and providences, you know. <laughs> Cat law. Yes. Uh, but that's, I mean, his stuff is... Fairly mundane for the most part, I guess. Aside from the slightly fanciful part of having an extra pair of hands that are tied to the idealized form of a dead person that's inside of his body. You know, aside from that. Now, here's an important question. If Marty gets outside and does what cats do, which is chase birds around, does he ever just come home with a, a, a duck bat? Probably at <laughs> some point. Just trying to leave it on the stoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It, it, there's absolutely a stoop in the area mm -hmm. um, for him to leave that on. Um, Sorry, I'm just super into the duck bats. <laughs> That's just my whole thing now. You're so welcome. It's something that Ed doesn't necessarily encourage or discourage. It's just like, 
you don't have to encourage it. If you're not discouraging it, the cat, uh, the, the cat will see that as encouragement. <laughs> Or the the secret actual truth is it doesn't matter. It's a cat, so and that's why that's why me like like that's why Ed doesn't really bother trying to encourage or discourage. It's like he knows he's gonna do it anyway. All right. So anything else interesting happened to Ed with his newfound freedom? Not unless you know some I don't know entity from the news media decided to show up and interview him about his newfound powers and recent public shenanigans. But that wouldn't happen, would it? <laughs> it's a really cool way to intro a scene for a listening audience. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, but it's just like I wanted to just lead it in like that. Alright, so um, so you guys are now public figures. Um, stories of your deeds, not the true ones, obviously, but the... Uh, PR approved stories of your deeds are circulating. People know about the video of you guys fighting on the train. They know that you, well, scare quotes, know that you stopped a terrorist at the Supreme Court and you're all starting to become legitimately famous instead of just low key famous within your social circles, like Frank was with cars or Lenora is in the nightlife scene. So uh, someday during your downtime, uh, Alexander LeVay shows up to interview you uh, for the media branch about well, Team Loser, and what you guys uh, are all about, it's doing a little profile. If we want to do this interview, it might be best to do it upstairs in my room so it doesn't, well, interfere with business down here. Alex says, well, we're going to need a couple of different uh, settings to cut to B-roll. Yes, I, I got a few ideas of what you can get for B-roll. Don't worry. Um, you should get plenty of content, no problem. Uh, so yeah, there's a camera crew here. They're filming like people playing games and uh, Kundi at the bar, and just get, they're making like a whole video package. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be like live because right. you may say something the media branch doesn't want you to say, and they'll have to cut that out. So that, that's like it's like yeah, listen, like this is all this is all thanks to that fucking tool bag Solomon. It's like this, what? This is your reminder. This is your big chance to big up Frank to his ex and, and talk about how Frank really was the true <laughs> hero of Team Loser. He's he's like the captain of Team Loser that, like, you know, saves the day every time. He's, he's a big hero. Come on, Ed. Wingman. Wingman me. <laughs> um, Alright, so you guys sit down for the interview, and uh, Alex just says, so, tell me about Team Loser. That's the name they're going with? Team Loser? <laughs> People think it's easier to identify with someone who is, uh, not perfect and superior like a lot of superheroes you're you're more down to earth still not comfortable with either being referred to as being on a team called team loser or being referred to as yeah superhero even but people love superheroes that's uh especially in times of turmoil political or otherwise people turn to superheroes to find comfort in imagining a better world with people who are better than people are and uh, they really open their wallets for him. I- I'm not asking for anything like that from people in general. I'm just trying to do what I can to to help out as well as I can. Uh, sort of why I do what I can around here. Alex says, like, to you, because, like, obviously none of, none of the incriminating stuff is going to be used. But it says, like, all right, so we're going to need something more exciting than you doing good in kind of a general sense. So uh, let's try it like this. Um, do you have any big plans for Valentine now that you are no longer a secret project? I, I got to level with you, um, Alex. I mean, I, I 
I, I'm not the type of person to come up with plans, really. I just, yeah, I just try to make sure that plans go by smoothly and such. So uh, I'm not sure to answer that. Um, Who would you say is the plan maker of Team Loser? Ooh, big question. <laughs> Frank makes all the good plans. Everyone else makes the bad ones. Frank's outside the window. <laughs> but I want to be the boss. I mean, it, it it varies back and forth. I mean, the the whole thing that happened with the terrorist attack on the administration branch, that was a combination of uh, Lenora and Frank uh, working together to come up with a plan. And I just sort of followed along with it and jumped in when I needed to to uh, to make that final stop to keep uh, the attack from going off successfully. Can you tell us more about the terrorist, Katarina Brooks? What was she like? What what made her so evil? I wish I understood. I wish I knew better. Part of me wishes that maybe if I noticed something sooner that I could have done more to to, to help her, to, to stop her from going down that route. So now with five seats empty on the Crown Corporation board, there's a lot of money up for grabs right now. Do you have any intuition about how the power struggle between the different branches is going to shake out? I mean, that's really tough to say. I mean, the the branches that are that still have heads are all very, very competent and are led by uh, powerful entities. So lots of moves can happen. I'm I'm not a business person of any clout, so I wouldn't be very good at answering that type of question about having intuition whose moves might be best or most effective, though. <laughs> Alex says, we're definitely going to have to use that clip of you saying very powerful entities. They're going to like that. <laughs> like, I, I figured they I figured they would. Yeah. Uh, so he, he writes some stuff down. He says, uh, uh, thank you. We're going to probably still film a little bit around here, but if there's anything else you want to add, we can uh, we'll cut it in. Ed thinks on it while that the hands that are Maridus are just kind of like sorting some things out in the background for a moment before kind of returning over to him. And he just adds in there. It's just, you know, I, even after everything that's happened, it's just hard to really feel or view myself as much of a hero, but I suppose that's kind of the role that I have to play right now. Right. You may not think you're much of a hero, but plenty of people do. Um, Mm -hmm. What about, Mardis, does he think he's a hero? A slight shift before Mardis actually speaks up through Ed. I mean, I just simply did what I could to mitigate the potential threat from the grenade. Um, uh, if I can't speak for anyone else just because I don't view others as being in the same situation I am, but if someone else, if anyone else was sort of a, <laughs> a, a, a in that sort of form with the the non-corporeal hands and all the other such I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have done the same thing but you know i've i was happy to help in a capacity that i wouldn't have been able to before and i'm very thankful for uh for ed allowing me a chance to to help out all right thank you for your time martis ed he shakes your hands mm-hmm. <laughs> all four of them <laughs> a lot of hands 
um, he's going to pack up to go. Um, is there anything else you want to Remember to tell him that Frank's the best. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did assert that Frank was one of the main, you know, persons who came up with the plan. That I you see know. you, Frank. Don't hide behind the Galaga machine. Uh, you don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Why didn't you interview me? <laughs> I'm sure everyone got interviewed off screen. This is just the thing that Ed did during his downtime for the audience. I know. I know. Teehee. All right. Downtimes and level ups? Yeah, I can go if you want. I would like it. Sure. Okay. Uh, so Reese went to level eight and took level eight in Bard, and there is almost nothing to that. Uh, she gets a new <laughs> spell slot, level four, and a new <laughs> spell, which she took freedom of movement as her fourth level spell that she got. And that's basically it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Bards get a lot of their stuff early, and it just like doubles stuff and gives them a bunch of proficiency. So you're set pretty much. Yeah, once you're a spellcaster, you're basically just like, I guess I get to do stuff every so often. That's it. Mm-hmm. So with Reese, uh, what she's going to be doing is it's going to be the evening of that big meeting with uh, Justice Alistair. She's finally managed to kind of get out of the hospital fully. And she is heading downtown at like the evening time. And she lives in South Valentine, as we already established. But she is not headed home. Uh, instead... She is heading into the more nightlife area of uh, South Valentine. Nice. And once she gets to a certain area of it, she is going to turn into a rat, kind of out of the uh, notice of anybody. And she's going to begin to kind of navigate through parts of the city in this rat form. So she's going to be able to kind of move into the crevices and things like that. That's not meant to be kind of like occupied by humans, but rats like dinosaurs, as we learned for Jurassic Park, find a way. <laughs> rats, fun fact about rats, they can fit into anything that their head can fit into. They can wiggle their bodies to fit through it. Mm-hmm. This is because they're basically a skull attached to a bunch of squish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when Reese gets into one of these like crevices within a building that essentially expands out into a full space big enough for her but that's not in the public light she's going to cast uh what is it change appearance i forget what the fucking name of these spells is and i think i accidentally <laughs> closed it it's the one that's like change appearance alter self not alter self it's the one below that level one change appearance i think it is fuck it i don't care that much it's the one that makes you look different and she's making herself look like a blue power ranger <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just fucking barreled into that. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember the name of the fucking spell because my goddamn page closed on me and I don't care anymore. So she is uh, appearing like a blue Power Ranger. In case, you know, there's a whole wide spectrum of Power Ranger seasons to go for. I'm figuring Mystic Force, so I kind of like that vibe, but, you know, go with whatever you want. Disguise Self, I believe. Is Disguise the Self. There you just, go. Just on the record, I'm picturing you as like Power Rangers Turbo, but like, you do you. <laughs> go with whatever one fits best for you. Then she's turning back into a rat and she's emerging outside, sort of like in towards like a side alley nearby where the Oak and Holly is. Not directly at it, but nearby to it. Mm -hmm. And she is going to begin working on some quick graffiti on one of the sides of the buildings here. And it is actually two levels of graffiti. So the first thing that goes up, basically, or the first thing people will notice when they come by is they're going to see a poster and it's going to feature the likenesses of Solomon Luna, uh, Beatrice Beauregard, Richard Sharp, 
uh, Justice Alistair and Memphis. I don't know if we got a last name for him, but we probably didn't. I forgot it. Uh, Cordovero, I think is what it was. So it's going to feature their visages kind of large and looming and sinister looking over a small group of people, sort of like citizens beneath them. If you ever think of like the kids cartoons, whenever like a character was like having a nightmare about people yelling at them, how they had like this huge (laughs) heads looming over them and shouting at them and like an otherwise black darkness. Mm -hmm. She's kind of had, it's kind of that visual of like the five heads of crown wrapped around menacing over people with the words underneath overlords. There's a spell cast on this poster, the spell glyph of warding. And when this poster is ripped, it will explode in a very loud sound, not enough to kill a person, but enough to make a very large sound and knock that person back, revealing underneath the other level of graffiti that she's put down there that says, our truth, our valentine, our fight. And she's going to try to sneak off out back into the, the dark. I love my revolutionary rat friend. All right, so we got Graffiti Blue Ranger, which is pretty exciting. Anything else you do on your downtime? Uh, that's the only thing she's going to be doing on her downtime, because she's she's setting up for this. All right, we have one more. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. All right, so what Lenora does, I guess we'll start off in the Oak and Holly nightclub. At level eight, one assumes. Yes, at level eight. I don't, don't get a lot for my level up either, TBH. Um, I got an ability score increase, which I put in wisdom. So now I have a plus one to wisdom, and narratively, as she's more wise now, I guess, because that's what happens when you blow people up or whatever. <laughs> and uh, then I get one spell, I took fly. It does what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It makes you it makes you, it makes you like really really cool when you uh yeah. go out into the club, you know? Exactly. Do you ever use the fly spell to chase the duck bats? Well, I do now. <laughs> Thank you. Get back here. Try to catch them. Um so I'll go to the Oak and Holly. I would like to say this is a date with my girlfriend Sarah, the the Bozog. <laughs> Are you about to say the kick lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I get there a little early because I want to try and patch things up with Memphis. So I feel bad. Okay. So you walk into the Oak and Holly. It's bumping. You go during peak hours because that's how you roll. Yeah. Gotta get all that attention. <laughs> you make your way to the back. Uh, the Modrons let you in because they know what, you, what you're all about. They know you're working for administration now. So you're not a threat necessarily. Although there are guards here. Uh, Rosen is is around. Greets you at the door, probably, to Memphis's office. Hey, bitch. What's up, playa? <laughs> Hug. Hugs. Hug. What are you doing? Uh, just here to talk to, you know, the big boy. <laughs> the biggest boy. The absolute unit. <laughs> wow, so round. I uh, just want to clear out uh, the air and stuff, you know? Good luck. Why you gotta say it like that? <laughs> because he's He's very skittish right now. There's a lot going on. It's just me. No, not you. I'm saying in general with the whole city and the buildings getting blown up and the people getting murdered and the quadrillions of dollars. Fair. I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rosen opens the door for you. Stay toasty. (laughs) Stay noited. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> what? The death grip stuff that go on. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought the Noid, like mm-hmm. the fucking pizza mascot. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like stay paranoid. It's like a, uh, something you say in a dystopia. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Although I do love the Noid who uh, got discontinued because a person thought it was based on him and did murder. What? Yeah. There's so much Noid lore, I don't know. He didn't murder, did he? He killed people hostage, but I don't think he actually killed anybody. Okay, Chris, you want to tell people about the Noid lore? So, like, the Noid was just a marketing thing that Pizza Hut did. They were like, avoid the Noid, which I think was... Uh, the, the Domino's did. Yeah, Domino's. So it was just the notion of, like... Yeah, Pizza Hut had Pizza Face, which was just a Mr. Bill yeah. thing. Uh, so the Noid, I think, was just, like, a dude who would fuck up your pizza, essentially. I don't really know what the, the marketing premise behind it was. No, that's, that, 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 that is what it was, basically. There was uh, some guy who suffered from, like, schizophrenia and a whole bunch of other things, and his last name was some, like version i believe of noid and he thought that all of the commercials were talking about him so he like went and held up his local dominoes and like held two employees hostage at gunpoint Mm -hmm. demanding a whole bunch of insanity stuff they eventually got him nobody to my knowledge i don't think anyone is actually hurt he uh the guy's last name was literally noid and he held up a uh a domino's uh two people at the domino's hostage for five hours over this whole oh, thing. Oh, I guess we really should avoid the Noid, huh? Well, that's why they don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, they they don't want you having to think about the fact that you really should avoid the Noid. Yeah, and we're definitely going to get at least one comment saying, so I'll just say it now, that he did commit suicide after this, so. Oh, uh, I feel bad for making jokes. That's why I was like, uh, well... Uh, it's like, yeah, after forcing them to make him a special pizza and a salad and making demands for $100,000, getaway transportation, and a copy of The Widow's Son, Noid surrendered to the police. And then yeah. other ha- things happened later on. But yeah, uh, not very happy times. So thanks, Lauren. <laughs> I'm blaming you. I didn't know! Side note, the Noid did turn back up in a Facebook game in 2011 to celebrate his 25th birthday and then went back into not existing. Back into cryo prison. <laughs> yes. He, he was, for his 25th birthday, he was allowed out of cryo prison. But we can all agree Pizza Face was much better. Oh my god. I'm a big fan of Cool Spot. Who? If we have to put our, if we have to put our flags down. In England, we didn't get any of these, like, food-based mascots. You don't have, like, the Hamburglar and shit? Um, I think we had the McDonald's ones, but we never had, like, we didn't have Cool Spot, we didn't get the Noid, we didn't get any, any of these... We didn't get any of these. I don't know what Cool Spot is either. Lauren, you're killing me. What is it? He's the coolest spot. What do you? He is. I mean, like, the, like there's no other way to describe it. He's a spot that's that's just cool. Hold I mean, on, I'm googling. He was a he was a Seven Up mascot or a Sprite mascot or something. What? He was more than that. He was more than that, though. I mean, star of classic video game. He's literally just a red circle. Yeah, but he's cool. I guess he is a cool spot. Look at those sunglasses. Damn right. He was the original sunglass emoji. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of, uh, speaking of cool round people, Memphis Cordovera. Same. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might just introduced you like that. Like, all right, so it's me, Ossiorski, and my good round friend, Lauren. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably say same, but also be offended. Okay. <laughs> all right, so he's a big mole. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And he- Thanks, I love it. <laughs> Good luck, like it, love it, gotta have it. Exactly. 
So it's you again. Please don't shoot me. I never had a gun. I just want to point that out. Except for these guns, and then I flex. <laughs> nice recovery. <laughs> All right. What can what do you, what does Alistair want? Oh no! It's this is a this is a me thing. I came with my own volition. That's a big word. Uh, I came here on my own <laughs> because I wanted to. Okay. I just felt really bad about the way things went down. I just wanted to, you know, wrap it out or something because I like coming here and I feel like it's weird if we don't talk about it. What is there to talk about? You guys are working for Alistair now um, and you're all very strong and scary. I'm not scary. You exploded a terrorist's arm off with your mind. Self-defense isn't scary. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> I was really enjoying where I was really looking forward to working with you. I was just I feel bad. The whole thing got hecked up. It got real hecked up. <sighs> so what exactly do you want? Like, I don't know. I just wanted to apologize for misjudging a member of my original crew, I guess. People in, in the city don't usually apologize for stuff. Is there, like, a price? Do I have to pay you now? I mean, if you want to just give me money, I'm not going to say no. I love money. But, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, turn over a new leaf or something. Oh, what's this one? Is that code for a new strand of marijuana you got? Jesus Christ. Turning over a new leaf? (laughs) You better not be muscling on my territory. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I just, I'm still going to be my really cool, crazy self. But I I just want to take... I don't know, more responsibility for stuff, I guess? I don't know. Is that what you call growth? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to have some character development here. Hey, 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 I got some character here. Hey. <laughs> I like how everyone immediately started doing that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Including the hand motions. You got to do the hand yeah, motions. Yeah, I do the shrugs. Hey. <laughs> it's like the Zootopia. Like, we got into a howl. We all... <laughs> <laughs> but now I kind of just want to do the rest of the episode like Christopher Walken. I can't do it. But uh, that would be delightful. Christopher Walken's easy. Just every word that's hey, one syllable. No, every word that's one syllable. Jay Moore preaches this all the time. Every word that's one syllable becomes two. So no becomes no. <laughs> and that's that's no. just where you go. You start from there. No. No, two syllables. No. You got you guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why is this happening? Because everybody loves Christopher Walken. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like you want to make a persuasion check to to get Me- Memphis to not be scared of you anymore. My new mouse is very loud. Li- oh wow, that rat's real big. <laughs> I told you he's watching you roll. He's watching over me. He's judging your roll. I, I hope this goes better than the only other role we've done this episode, which was my win over the, the emo sun role. It's better by one. I got a ten. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great, but he it is a, it's average. So he says, You and your friends are worth billions in TV rights, billions in movie rights, billions in action figures. I can't compete with that no matter how many drugs I sell or how many parties they have here. So eventually I'm just going to have to get comfortable with the new status quo. So if you want to be friendly, that's fine. You can perform here. I'm not going to fight you. That doesn't mean I trust you. 
but I'm not mad. Does that help? It does. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure later we'll be great friends will laugh about this, but I'll give you your space for now. Okay. I'm very magnetic. We'll be friends later, trust me. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised. You have a bunch of persuasion spells, but you don't want to risk it? I feel, like he, I feel like that's more for use for people who I don't want to like me in the future. Ah, okay. Because gotcha. they know you're going to use it. They know afterwards that you charmed them and shit. Yeah, that's true. So he'd be like, mm, you charmed me. What the fuck? So you and Memphis aren't friends, but you have taken steps to repairing that relationship. Yes. That's a theme this episode. Is it like you guys broke a lot of stuff and now it's like starting to rebuild. Yeah, passing it up. I ain't rebuild shit. I'm tearing shit down. Whoop, whoop. And, 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 and Ed, Ed probably had the least rebuilding to do in terms of relationships. Just, you know, arcade machines. But he did rebuild. And restring his base. You're going to have to rebuild your relationship with Frank after you didn't be his wingman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He, he, didn't know, he didn't know he was supposed to be the wingman. Frank was shouting it. <laughs> Wait, was canonically Frank actually like on the other side of the wall? I, I think we leave that up to interpretation. <laughs> It's like a David Lynch movie. There's a lot of different interpretations. Great. Yeah. <laughs> was Frank outside the window? Nobody knows. Frank was Frank was accidentally in the back of the uh, scene while shot, and they decided to turn Frank into the surprise antagonist for the rest of the series. Deep cut Twin Peaks jokes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lenora, you leave Memphis's office. And I dance with my bird girlfriend. Okay, yeah, Sarah the Bozog's there. Did you, anything particular you want to talk about, or you guys just you just want to establish that you hung out? I just want to establish that she's my girlfriend now. <laughs> like, officially. It's official. Like, exclusive, or just official? Uh, I think we'll keep it nominog, but, you know, <laughs> official. I just... A nominog? <laughs> you keep it the things from Sesame Street? The nominogs. Oh my god! I'm never gonna not be able to think about that when I think about non-monogamy now. <laughs> Great, Lauren, you've ruined polyamory for everyone. Y'all welcome. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think Sarah's probably uh, into you being like a celebrity. Also, that probably helps. Yeah, she's my arm candy. She she probably thinks you have more money than you actually do. That might be the problem, though. <laughs> No, she liked you before. She liked you before you had money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just like you're yeah, like... around around those Disney bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She thinks it's so hot when you ask to go Dutch after a date because you know it's like acting like you really don't have money, even though you do. Hey, everyone! My girlfriend blew up a terrorist arm. <laughs> Are you impressed? Uh, what battle thing? I don't know. <laughs> Dating a superhero. All right, so does anybody else have anything else they want to establish? I said else like three times in that sentence. One thing I want to establish for Reese is that when she goes home, she is immediately off at work creating more of those posters that are kind of laced with uh, the uh, Glyph of Warding spell. The only thing I'd want to just roll for funsies is at one point, Ed and Martis will probably try to do something where they're performing a set at the quarter round. Yeah, I just want to do the performance roll with Martis assisting. See just where how this math rolls out here. Yeah, I feel like everyone should have to roll at least once. Yeah, that's, that's part of why I'm just like, wait a minute, I haven't rolled anything yet today. Let's see how this performance with assistance for Martis goes. 
Uh, 24. Well, okay. So. <laughs> Only 24. Glad that the good rolls happen for important stuff this week. I like it because it establishes that things are going really well before the season continues and things get worse. <laughs> because we have to build up the new status quo and then destroy it. So if you roll really well for nice, cozy, domestic things, mm-hmm. it will be that much more painful when I take them away from you. <laughs> oh, thanks. I love it. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, the only other thing I want to quickly establish for Frank is that, like, when he goes back, he is normally where he'd have gone home and been, like, sorting through the deck of cards to, like, work out, you know, what to have listed in his, like, spells he can use. Instead, this time, he's got a bunch of pieces of paper he's got laid out as if it was, like, you're, you're trading cards, working out what to put in the deck. And it's all just different thoughts and ideas about how to get out of all this. Okay, so actually, I like these all simultaneously. So Reese is at home working on posters. Uh, Ed is at the quarter round doing a performance. Lenora is dancing with Sarah. And Frank is planning on trying to figure out a way out of all of this. Uh, All of your phones light up. Ah! New phone, who this? It's the loser signal. I was trying to do the Batman music, but I couldn't. Yeah, I think I think we, I think that, I think we got a title for the episode right do we? there. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be non-monog. Non-monog. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I think it can only be non-monog if it's non-monog. Do 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 do. All right. So, so some of you Skype me how to spell all that. Um. So you guys are all summoned back to Justice Alistair's office. Monogonog. Lover. <laughs> Do you just say that when you walk in? Yeah, I'd be like, love it, love that sound. <laughs> gavel, 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 gavel. <laughs> you just like gaveling. I do. It's extremely fun. What that snout do? Uh, Justice Alistair says, uh, so we've been doing market research, and we've determined that although you're testing well because people find you relatable, down-to-earth heroes, you are, are missing something critical for your credibility as superheroes, which will really make you most useful in this upcoming power struggle. Is it sidekicks? <laughs> no, you only add sidekicks once the main gimmick goes stale. Is it costumes? Is that, are you not wearing costumes? Is that how you dress in public? My word. <laughs> <laughs> it's called fashion. Look it up. This is once, once upon a time, very trendy on the holodeck circuit. <laughs> So we focus grouped uh, names for all of your heroes. I think we're going to stick with uh, DJ Meowvelis, Quick Draw Frank, Noise Machine. Uh, I guess, Reese, we have between uh, Rat Girl and Rat Woman and also Rat Baby. That one was mine. I just I just threw that one in there. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, um, my name's Reese, so we could go with that. Well, you, you can have Quick Draw if you want, because cause you're quick at drawing. I'll, I'll, I'll take Rat Girl. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if you guys switch. Frank, Frank will sincerely switch if if Reese, if Reese wants. All right. Well, you guys can think about that on your off time. Um, the thing you're actually missing, according to our tests, is villains. Ah. A nemesis, if you will. No, we're good. You're super not, actually. I mean, the villains aren't always what define a hero. The hero should be about what, you know, what they do to help people. That's what actually makes a hero. Yeah, what she said. The villains are just to sell toys. That's not what our test screenings say. Apparently, villains test very well. You'll have to point me to some audience that 
has a high affinity towards a villain in a series for me to accept that. I don't know if there's <laughs> any examples you could point to, though. Um, but I guess my real question is, are you alluding to artificially setting us up with an antagonist to work against? Oh, that was absolutely the first suggestion from our research groups. But uh, I've had a look over some of these transcripts and some of these internal documents, and we actually don't even need to artificially set you up with someone whose ass you can kick in public for that popularity boost. Uh, from what I can tell, there's someone you guys need to take down. Who that? Well, if you'll look at page 167 of the transcript here. I sent it to your phone. That's a lot of pages. Um, oh, I I don't use data on my phone when I can help it. That's all right. You can tether to mine. What's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> Snout777. I, I, I set up a, a hotspot. It's called Team Loser. The password is loser. <laughs> no one will ever be able to crack that. That's not a very secure password. Um. Uh, you'll see in the testimony that Ed alludes to a outside actor who was responsible for the deaths of the police officers beneath King Coliseum. And if you cross-reference that to the testimony we took from Algernon Sharp, he had a conversation with you in which you said to him that an outside actor attempted to assassinate his father, Richard Sharp. Yeah. That is correct, yes. So the superhero team needs a villain. Are we going to go assassinate a robot assassin? I mean, the answer is obviously yes. That's what <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, I, 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 have, I have a minor point to bring up, mm-hmm. but I know what your answer is going to be. Sounds like, sounds like a productive dialogue. Go on. I'm going to ask, how do you expect us to take out a target that is... It seems to be invulnerable to most conventional forms of attack... And your reply will be, that's not my problem. That's your job as superheroes to figure out. I'm glad we're all on the same page. I'm sorry, I'm going to do that in her voice. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yes, yes. Oh, jeez. This is... We don't get any cool weapons? Do you, all, you don't get any cool weapons? You can bend bullets with your mind. What do you, what do you need? I don't know. I really like those electric things that Archon had. I mean, I, she could give you one. I just don't. It wouldn't be better than the stuff you have. No, I know. It's for flair. <laughs> I want to just, just billy club someone. Just like. Yeah, I just want to hit him in his stupid syringe hand. Alistair says, I can get you some batons if you want. I'll expense it. It's fine. Yes. I'm going to be so cool. <sighs> so, you have your first mission as Team Loser. Yeah. Uh, and I take it you want us to get started ASAP. Sooner the better. Time is money. Oh my god. Okay. I I, th- I think you mean time is crown bucks because um, <laughs> we're not being paid in gold here. But crown cash, please. <laughs> the alliteration is so important for branding. Austin. Credits. 
I love credits. May 2018. Whoa, a new month. <laughs> That's... That's what it is. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you want to read me some music credits? I do. Overclocked Remix is a person, not a person. What? <laughs> it's just one guy. It's just one guy. No. Uh, thanks, of course, as always, to Overclock Remix for the music. We use Trance Version, an arrangement of Theme from Ghosts and Goblins, and Badass, an arrangement of One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII, as well as Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga. Check out his music. They're all very good. Thank you for every music. Every single note. Wow. Thanks, guys. Also, other credits. Executive producers, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, executive producers for May 2018 are Joseph Tombrillo, Extellaris, Kerstin Haslinger, Aaron Aeronautics, Jesse Young, Devin Smith, Sivarden Akrasimova, Arna Helgot- Helgadotter, Brent, The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen, Dr. Goatman, Toshiro Kuro, Andrew Grothen, Levi the Young, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sever, Morgan Rapp, Andrew Falu, Condent of Mediocrity Itself, Puck, Loannis Soy My Name, Nicolopoulos, Aw, Tinierskis. Oh, <laughs> is that a joke <laughs> on my name? That's a joke on your name. Direct me. Uh, is that Joachim or Joachim? I'm sorry, uh... Joachim slash Joachim Groning. I tried. Jerry Flowers. Jasper Singh. John Barnett. Hugh Cumber. Hustle Bones. Killer Cotton Chisno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravalo. Yam. Um, yams are delicious. That's not a name. <laughs> I can't make jokes anymore. Anna Michael. Fuck off. Andrew Birmingham. Jenna Helver. Uh, Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. Quench the Void. Adorkable Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison McKenzie. Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Villahard. Aline. Maz Jin. Katerion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tam. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, please don't butcher my name, Austin Winewickford. <laughs> I switched the order back there to get you the one that specifically called me out by name. Oh, wait, did you do that on purpose? No, did I wish I had, me? though. Oh, okay. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Furstall. Eleanor Nonante Sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer Did Nothing Wrong. Juman Jack. Melly Tish. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Ziphosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Molstradamus! <laughs> you enjoyed that thing one? In the whole world. <laughs> Junk 2.0. The Had Cells. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Evgeny Chai. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Jetlifson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankson. Josh Mosier. Indigo Vandane. Anxiety itself. Same. <laughs> Big mood. Sydney Marzing. Just a jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. 
James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, M. Drew, Lana Sewell, Toby Gleason Stack, Matthew Weber, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Anna Stuhlfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Harrison Andrew, Christopher Charlow, Jorit, Vigar Arnston, Cody Jackson, and August Rue. <sighs> well, we did it, even though you gave me a hard time. I control so much more relentlessly. I guess it's fair, because I feel like every week we own the hell out of you. <laughs> That's basically the show. So you gotta get yours in somewhere. Also, thanks to all the people on the show, like uh, Sketch at sketch.bandcamp.com slash sketch dot sketch. Dot bandcamp slash bandcamp dot sketch slash. Sketch. Sketch.bandcamp.com <laughs> is the real one. I hope he doesn't listen to these because I'll feel really bad. <laughs> Chris is at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. But Laura is Laura K. Buzz, and then also on Kotaku, which you know that. Kotaku Kaktai Snarkana? Yeah. Kotaku.co.uk, not the American one. Which apparently is different. It is. Click on that one. Who knows what you'll get? Gita Jackson? Who? I, <laughs> this is narrow <laughs> casting of the highest order. Oh, okay. Thanks to the many cats and I think one dog who live in the houses of all of us. Mm-hmm. Good animals. Yeah. Shout out to Zelda and Anna. They're goblins and Smudge, who sounds like a perfect angel. Mm-hmm. Oh, the show. It's at patreon.com slash Austin Oh, shit, us. Yeah. Yeah, and Google Play and iTunes and really everywhere. Is there anywhere it isn't? I don't know. It's on Podbean. Yeah, that bean. Yeah, and you can just like like it and subscribe and comment and do stuff. Tell Austin how great he is. Nobody really knows what any of that does. I hear there are algorithms involved. I love a good algorithm. <laughs> a good algorithm really hits the spot. Yeah, it really takes the edge off. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I feel like every time we record credits, everyone's like, oh no, are they okay? Let me tell you, we're not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think this is the part where we reassure you and go, no, we're fine. But no, actually, we're dying. Yay, death. <laughs>